Hello and welcome to Leadership Behaviours Unpacked. Today I'm joined by Will Parfit, founder and director of Forest Marble Estate Agency here in Froome. Will started his working life in horse racing and farming before moving into the world of estate agency and rising through the ranks to a director role, running more than 20 branches. In 2016, along with his wife Daisy, he saw the opportunity to create an innovative estate agency, one that galvanised the best of traditional estate agency and led the way with cutting-edge marketing techniques. Forest Marble provides positive outcomes for its clients based on the way they live today and the way that they conduct business. One of the biggest differences that sets them apart is their decision to be available to talk to customers 24-7. This innovative approach to technology and service has led them to win the Best Estate Agency Award in the UK for each of the five years that they've been operating. An incredible achievement. I'm excited to have Will join me today as his drive to get things done, to innovate and to do things differently, and always to find a positive spin on some really challenging situations makes this story a really interesting one. Welcome to the podcast today, um, and I've been really keen for you to join me on this podcast for two main reasons. The first is that actually, when I've heard you talk about the business, you've always had this real clarity of vision, and I think, and also a real resilience and positivity. So, particularly when I think about situations like now with COVID, when we ask how your business is doing and what your views are on your business you're always just so positive and really clear about what you want to do, which really impresses me. And the other thing is actually the vision that you've had for um, Forest Marble has been, it's been creative, it's been really brave, and it's often been against the tide of what the rest of the property industry seems to be doing. So my first question is to ask you to talk a little bit about Forest Marble and how it came into existence. Yeah, no, cool. Well, thank you. Yeah, thank you for inviting me along. And uh, what a great intro. I feel <laughs> honoured already. So, yeah, Forest Mall, the, the vision. So I, I've been working in a state agency for over 20 years. I was working for a large corporate agency for yeah. that most of that time. And I suppose I just was starting to fall out of love with that corporate world and I got up to a senior level and the restrictions that were coming in place for how they wanted things done and the freedom had gone with the traditional way of being able to you know, run the areas you're responsible for. So I had a chat with Daisy, who owns Forest Marble with me, my wife, and just said, look, I've been dreaming about it. My dad always had his own business. Um, so I suppose the back of my mind, it was that opportunity to see if I could do it myself as well. And you always dream, I think, of owning your own businesses, but big difference between taking that big step yeah. leap of faith I suppose particularly from having a you know good salary and a regular yeah. income um into maybe in something where you knew you weren't going to get an income for of any sense for some time yeah. we sat down we just happened to have just got married so we went all in and um decided to open up Forest Marble and it I love estate agency um really enjoy working with it i've spoken to you before about never feeling like i've got a job it's just yeah. what i do and who i am and so forest marble was sort of born or that you know, opportunity to create your own business was born i suppose it's a better way to put yeah. it. the the original idea i had with days is very different to what the model is we've actually created funny enough the the original idea was a little bit more remote and even more distant than what we're currently doing just as a opportunity to try and battle another end of the market that's yeah. i'm not going to go into too much of that because that's still in the background that could be used again so we felt it was better we lived in Froome. we love Froome, uh, but actually we wanted to create something that nobody was really doing and i think with estate agency has changed a lot over the years yeah. or, or the way that should I say buyers interact and sellers can interact has changed a lot whereas actually there's a big gap within the market mm. in our eyes um, for somebody to go against the norm of a traditional high street estate agent um, who would be for argument's sake in Froome 
Um, and they would just really deal with Froome and its close surrounding yeah. villages. On the other end of the spectrum, we've, over the last sort of 15 years, it's grown more. We've got these online estate agencies popping up who are trying to sell their wares on the fact that, you know, you can sell your house using just, you know, Rightmove or Zoopla or one of these internet portals, which, yeah, to be fair, it, there's no evidence, none of them have made any profit yet, so there's no evidence that model will work. Obviously, anything can sell if it's cheap enough, um, but, you know, a good estate agent should be able to work for the, the, the seller, get them a good price, all those sort of things. So, however, I'm a bit of a data geek, and the one thing that I knew was going on was the way that people move now. Yeah. It's changed so much over the last 10 years. When I first started an agency... I started in Andover and if you're selling your house in Andover you would buy another house in Andover if you're wild and crazy you might go to one of the nice villages outside (laughs) you know whereas now there's so much more flow of people this is for many reasons people's jobs are a little bit more fluid whereas you know people you stay in an area for their jobs whereas now people are happy, happy to travel for jobs you've got a lot more grandparents moving back towards their children yeah. now. Um, so people are moving areas so much more than they've ever done before. And it could be town to town. So actually what we wanted to do is create a, a central hub, if you like. So we're based in Froome. Yeah. Um, but actually we cover 20 miles around. So it picks up lots of the other towns yeah. in the area. We've got a lot of these sort of towns in Somerset, Wiltshire, North Dorset, um, which people are moving between them all the time. Uh, But actually, there was no agent out there who could service somebody, I don't know, selling their house in Castle Carey and wanting to move to Warminster or selling in Warminster, wanting to move somewhere else. So what we've done is be able to have a central hub that we can all work from. Um, So you have that traditional style office, if you like, that people can come in and out of, um, but also just opening up the area you cover so the actually you you're keeping control of you know long chains of property sales and things yeah. and and giving more to people yeah. and actually fits what modern life is like with the way people are moving yeah so that's sort of was the nib of it that's probably quite a long answer but yeah, no because i think there are a couple of things because i think you know the way forest marvel is structured and the way that you work as an agency is quite different yeah too and, that, and that's one of the differences i think in that kind of the area that you spread talk a little bit more about some of the other differences what, so that what the area is probably the, the first one then we had to look at customer interaction okay yeah. so traditionally um estate agents were open nine till five um most still are yeah. um and probably one of the the challenges within the world of estate agencies actually is not a lot has changed for a majority of estate agents and the way they operate compared to how it was in the 90s. Um, so what we've tried to do is just modernise, you know, same but different, I suppose is the best way to put it. So um, the reality is with the way people are working now more, if you went back to the 90s, there was probably one partner would work and the other one maybe raise the family. And, you know, so it was quite common to see that. Whereas now, because of the cost of things, you, you yeah. tend to find that... you people are working more um so people don't have time to walk into an office anymore you know but the need to be able to speak to somebody and have a really good conversation is probably more important now than ever before Mm. but people don't really get the opportunity to talk about moving until they're both at home so you know typically Eight to ten o'clock at yeah. night is when these conversations are going on. And then at they home. need to book time off work. Exactly to go and, to go and do stuff. Yeah. So what we decided to do right from day one was make a member of the team available twenty four hours a day. So the business is open for people to talk to one of the team, not a call center, one of the team twenty four seven, and that's three hundred and sixty five days a year. Now, from our point of view, that's a massive commitment in cost, time, you know, sacrifice, all the, those sort of things. But actually. What we want to do is we've been asked to take somebody's most expensive possession yeah. and market it properly. Well, to me, if the audience who's buying that is only available between 8 and 10 o'clock at night to talk to and discuss, we have to be available to that people. So we did it thinking this sounds like a good idea, mm. uh, but actually five years down the line, 40% of our viewings are booked in that time period. Wow. Which is a huge number. Yeah. So how many people aren't 
Yes. Getting the properties they want yeah. because there's nobody to talk yeah. to them. So that's why we've done it. So that was probably, you know, number two on the list. Yeah. So that's sort of the area, the time was probably the key differences. And then as we've evolved and we've grown, there's some you know other things we're now doing from marketing perspectives that are very different. Mm. Probably the, the biggest and the most notable of those is uh, all of our properties have virtual reality tools. So yeah. lots of agents over the years claim to do virtual tours yeah. or videos. All it is is the still photographs they've taken, pushed together on a bit of software to make yeah. it look like it's a video. Show. Yeah. And so was, we actually have some very clever equipment create these virtual tours and if you have a headset you can wear the headset and look around the house but you can control that from your mobile phone or you know from a computer ipad and actually allows you to view that property in a true light yes because uh, estate agents get a bad rap yeah. for how they present or photograph properties and a lot of that comes down to the fact not using the right equipment and you know not using expensive lenses to take proper pictures but actually my view is that you, you have to present things how they are Absolutely. Um, yeah, because yeah. you're only conned for like yeah. 24 hours. Aren't That's you? it. It's fantastic, isn't it, where you think this is an amazing property. You know, how can I afford this property, you mm. know, which has this fantastic garden and actually this wonderful kind of interior, and then you discover it's on an A-road. That's right. And, and, it, and it's like, well, actually, that, who who has benefited from nobody knowing that was on exactly. an A-road? And there's, no, there's, there's nothing worse to somebody turning up to the house and, yeah. and saying to you, it's not what I thought it was going to be. Because actually, got through the, door. the whole point is they should arrive there excited and it offers them a little bit more. Almost just to get the feel of it. Yes. Because they've actually seen it and they know what it's like. That's right. So it should just be, you know, people um, make a decision on buying a house within seconds. Yeah, they walk through yeah. the door, you, you can look at somebody's eyes. You used to be able to look at their faces, but they're under face masks nowadays. Um, but yeah, you look at somebody's eyes and you know straight away whether they like the house or not. And it's it always amazes me in all these years of doing it that people spend longer choosing a pair of shoes Absolutely. than they do choosing a house. Yeah. It's crazy. It is crazy. Um, but it's because the house tells you. You know, it's a bit, yeah. you know, you walk in and it tells you whether it's it's right for you. Yeah. So um, that's really interesting. So what, when you talk about that, you know, it's that it, there's a, that sense of, that kind of real emotion in that purchase. Mm. Uh, one of the things you haven't mentioned is that you've just won another award. And I talked a bit in the introduction about, you know, the awards that, that you and Daisy have won over the last... Yeah, five years. Five now. years. So what's the award that you... Yeah, so we just um, won the British Property Awards again um, in the area. We've actually won it for every year we've been open. Wow. Um, and so I just got confirmed just before I came over to see you today that um, we've won it again, um, which is really exciting. And it, what's great about the British Property Awards is it's a testament to the team. Um, and any good right. business is about the team. Yes, you have the, the directors or the owners who've set it up, but actually you're as only as good as your weakest member of your team. Yeah. And this particular award, um, not only does it look at the business as a whole and what you do, marketing and your success and things. It actually does a lot of mystery shopping. Okay. So people will contact the office over a, a quite a long period of time, pretend to want to be buying, selling, wanting property advice, renting, all those sort of things. So all the general day-to-day inquiries yeah. we would get, they would test the hours we say we work. So yeah, some yeah. of these calls were coming in outside of hours as well. And they score the team members on how they do. how, they, And they're just looking at, have you got time for that person ringing up? Are you asking lots of nice questions, what yeah. I call soft facts? Mm. You know, so it's easy to say I'm looking for a three-bed house in Buckman Dillon. Um, but actually, why are you looking for that? What is it that a house has to have? Yeah. What can you live without? What would be the nicer house? Is school important to you? Is the pub important mm. to you? Is walks in the countryside? All those soft facts, those emotional facts, yes. are the, the reasons why people yeah. buy us. That's the sort of stuff that's very, very important for us. Um, so it was, yes, yeah, so it was good. So we passed through and you get through to a final round of judging. They narrow it down to three estate agents and then they do it all again. Yeah. And yeah, we I had a good chat to the, the guy who runs the awards today and he just gave me some feedback about the difference between ourselves and yeah. other people that were in the for the awards. 
Um, and it was solely down to soft facts, taking the time, making sure we understood what yeah. people wanted. And actually other people would rush people off the phone, didn't give them the time. And, you know, there's a potential buyer gone. There's a potential seller as well because, yeah. you know, we go, we're all about properties to sell. That's yeah. what we need yeah. as a business. And um, that person you don't know, that might be your next potential client yeah. or their uncle, auntie, father, whatever it might well be. So it's that's talking to people right through my career and the different things I've done right from an early age that was put into me about how you deal with people. Yeah. Um, and Daisy as well. Daisy's phenomenal with people. She's much more patient than I am. I'm quite straight down the line and this is how things are. Um, and she reads people very, very well. Mm. So for both of us, we sort of bring that together into how we wanted the team to be with people. Um, and that's instilled into team, you know, right from day one. Yeah. Um, it's really important. So it's great to get the awards. It backs up the other awards we've won as well um, really nicely. For the last two years, we've also been voted as top agent in the area by Rightmove. Love or hate Rightmove, but in Rightmove and Property Academy. um, And they voted us within the top 3% of estate agents in the country. Hmm. You know, so there's 25,000 estate agents out there. That's top 500. So it's, yeah, that's big. And for businesses as young as ours, to get that accolade is fantastic. But it's down to the team, you know, it's down to what they've done and what they do. Yeah. And it's great. We're very, very lucky. We've built a strong team. Mm. Um, very keen to keep that expanding and keep it growing. And, you know, it's good. It's, and I suppose um, awards are a recognition that mm. somebody who you don't know is looking in yeah. at you and your business. And actually they're then turning around and go, yeah, thumbs up. Yeah. You know, you're... You're doing well. It's funny because I was going to ask, one of the questions I was going to ask you was was about innovation and how important innovation has been. Because actually, and you talked a lot about that already mm. around the things that you do and you genuinely do. So, you know, the, the 24-7 operation, you know, is not just a online estate agency that no. people can look at anything they want 24-7. Yeah, it's actually can. genuinely... You know, I can ring up, speak to yourself or one of the team yeah. at any point. And then the two other bits that I'm interested in as well, I think. So it's, it's that balance about how important innovation is to you in terms of how you establish and run Forest Marble, but also things like the structure that you have to yeah. make sure. So as you say, that, that particular award, you, you will have been mystery shopped on many occasions yes. over quite a long period of time. So having that kind of structure in place that means that there's that, things are repeatable, they're scalable, yeah. it's kind of able to happen. Sustainable. Yeah, there's two two sides to what we're talking about. Is is One is about how the business is going to function, Yeah. okay, day to day. And that's about the setting the standards. So we could talk about that. And then the other side is how the business is going to run. Yes. And how are you going to make sure that you're constantly moving it forward? If we look at the, the innovation mm. in itself, I think it's always been important to us that we're different. Yeah. Okay. I'm the youngest of four. So I probably have to shout a little bit louder than my siblings. <laughs> But I've always, if somebody has shown me something and I've been interested, so I've always given whatever it is time of day because I like to see how something works and has that something got a benefit to what I'm doing, whatever that task is, um, and will it make it better? Because there's lots and lots and every day you get new products and new gizmos thrown at you. So it'd be very easy to grab all of them as a, yeah, I've got all of these shiny toys. But actually, if you don't use the shiny toy, don't have it. So innovation to us was about being brave enough to be um, the same but different. Yeah. So, you know, we sell houses. I can't change that. Yeah. That's what we do. Um, but actually how you go about that process and how you look at there's lots of clever technology out there um, that can make running a business easier, where it's the phone system you use, the um, client relationship management system you use. And it's just about 
how can you make not only your own life, but the people who work for you lives more straightforward. Yeah. However, what's very important is for me and days, the customer shouldn't know that's there. So all the clever stuff yeah. we've got that helps us make the business very efficient, customer doesn't need to or should not be aware it's there because yeah. it's in the background. You know, yeah. When I started in the state agency, we didn't have a computer on the desk. Yeah. We had a plastic box with cardboard in it <laughs> for the applicant card. Yeah. And, you know, we, that box, you were trained that that was your life in that box. And, you know, my first manager, Quiller, who I still speak to a lot, he would come and dip in and out and check your applicant cards. Have you spoken to people regularly? Have you given them the right information? What's their soft fact? All those sort of things. All we've done now is we've taken that process of the applicant box is now in a digital format. Mm. So actually it can take more information. It can make sure that the guys know when to call that person. Mm. So they don't need to remember have they called them or they don't have to do what we used to have to do, go through the 150 applicants in your box and find the one you wanted to call. It's That's already yeah. there. And if you haven't called somebody for a week, it'll tell you yeah. you haven't called somebody for it. And then from a management point of view we can then look on a daily basis right who's got how many calls today so actually we start the day knowing that you know Aaron has 50 calls Laura has 60 calls or whatever the numbers are um, and help them manage their day in a more efficient manner so you become time efficient and then you can put more of your time and energy into speaking to people which is what we want to do yeah Um, so the innovation should be about um, adding value to your business there's lots and lots of things out there. Um, but for any business, for me, daring to be different is the top of the list for me. Do things that nobody else does. Yes. Because if you just do the same as somebody else, you're just that yeah. person again. So I've always liked to be a bit different. Yeah. I've always liked to do things differently. Some people would probably say it's because I'm a bit stubborn or, I, you know, but actually... To me, it's about daring to be different because yeah. if you're going to be successful, if you look at successful people, whether it's business people or sports people, the best of the best are different. Yeah. You know, and that's, to me, has resonated throughout my career. Yeah. It's about just dare to be a little bit different to the next person. It's interesting, though, because I, I what you described, and I think it, you also done, is identify that actually what you do differently is needed. So oh, I think that yeah. bit that you say about the innovation, it's not, because I think there are lots of business that you think, well, actually, they're a bit different, but I'm not quite sure I want any of it or need yeah. any of it. Whereas what you've kind of said, I think, underneath all of that is that there's a reason for doing it. Everything so, you do has got to have a reason. You yeah. Know, so it's... You also talk about the feeling, and I think that's really important because you've talked about it a lot from how you know i guess that bit about you know when somebody walks into a house they buy it because it feels right yeah and, and like you say it's a quick decision mm. it probably you, you test whether a house feels right much quicker than whether a pair of shoes feel right, oh, 100%, yeah. but actually and within the team as well it's like that bit about you know you have all of this information and data well actually the customer doesn't know that no and actually a lot of the time i wonder whether kind of your employees even will know the extent of it because it's about the feeling you create in them yeah. and therefore the feeling they create with the very customer. Much so. And I think any tool that you use to improve your work in life, you need to think long and hard. You, you know, you, you see yeah. these things and think, okay, will that add value? And very, you know, it's a split decision probably quite quickly. Does that look like something? No, I don't need that. But actually, well, that's quite interesting. And then you go and look into it and think, right, is adding it into the business creating another layer of work to be done? Because yeah. if it is, that probably yeah. doesn't want to get involved. Can it sit in alongside your vision and your structure to how the business is moving forward? And if it can, then you start letting it in. And for us, it's very, very important. Anything we do with the business, we involve the team. Yeah. So we don't change anything unless the collective of the team have agreed that that's a benefit to them and how the business moves forward. I guess that's even more important as well, isn't it? Because you've got, and actually, you know, there, there are quite a few dynamics, aren't there? So you, mm. you know, you your business partner is also your life partner. Yes. As your wife, Daisy. The team 
work for you but they also work for kind of you and daisy so the yes. potential for dynamics around you know oh, very much is it so, you yeah. that makes the choices daisy that makes the choices yeah. how does that feel for the team if you're it's, daisy it, making that's probably quite interesting. one of the biggest challenges opening out the business was um working with my wife had you the worked first, together before no not at all and yeah so i'd come from being responsible for my own time my own teams mm-hmm. You know, I lived and died by the decisions I made, albeit, you know, I had a brief I had to work to. Whether I liked that brief or not, I had to work to that brief because that's what I was paid to do. To then coming into a situation where Daisy was now part of that decision process. And that was tough. Yeah. Oh, yeah, particularly for me and for Daisy. So it, it was about learning a new way of working. And it probably actually made me a better person as well, you know, because I had to stop and think and then talk things through, which is so important for a young business growing up. Yeah. um, To talk about that with Daisy, you know, what's the risks? Is there a benefit? And and actually, because we both look at things very differently, Mm. you know, so I'm much more about looking forward. Okay, and Daisy's much more about learning and, you know, developing. So actually the combined two works very well. Yeah. But from her working together in the same building and then going home together in the same building, it yeah. was challenging, don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, so we had to sort of structure it so that we had a, a way of working together and a way of the way the business set up everything. We don't physically need an office. Yeah, that's the best yeah. way to describe it. The office is important, get gets team together. But actually you could as easily sit at a desk anywhere in the world mm. and your everything you need is in front of you. Yeah. Um, albeit your phone, your computer, everything. And, uh, you know, so we now work a little bit remotely and, and it actually probably allows us then to have a much better balance of work and home life yeah. because of that. So it was, but we had to, learn, you know, it was a bit of a battle to start with. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we got there in the end, and you know, so it works very well now. So we now understand each other's roles, and we all have different yeah. roles and responsibilities. And you know, if I cross over on that, Daisy will quickly tell me that's you know, yeah. actually that's her. and that's good. I think it's important. How do you 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 touched on there about how you you know about the difference between kind of what you take home or you don't? So I guess you you touched on that. You know, because you can work remotely, mm. and I guess through through COVID, it's been even more so, hasn't it? Where actually, yeah, that's it. We're very lucky with COVID. Well, COVID, horrible time as a business. We were very lucky because we were already set up for it. Yeah. So when you could tell back in February that yeah we were heading it into a bit of an issue, it was very easy for us to. We separated the team back in February. So long before anybody mentioned lockdown, we saw that this virus was going out. Yeah. So we just straight away split the team up so that we didn't have a situation where one of us got it, but we're all working together. So then all of a sudden yeah. we couldn't go out and carry on. So we actually split the team in two. And so one half of the team worked at home, the other half of the team worked in the office. And it worked really well. So actually, because... This, We'd invested in that mm. technology and the way we knew things could be done in a more efficient manner right from day one. So we hit, mm. and, and, you know, I've got friends and colleagues and, you know, other business owners say it just, it was like their whole world Absolutely. ended because yeah. they couldn't run their businesses. Yeah. And we were sort of sat there and going, thank the Lord, our vision five years ago was to have these things in place because efficiency and it just creates more time for you to do things you want to because we want to spend our life talking to people Mm. yeah as a state agent that's what we should be doing should be on the Mm. phone all day long chatting to people and having these things in the background to help increase the length of time you can talk to people was what was important yeah Um, because i came from a background of very inefficient working yeah everything was getting duplicated and written down in triplicates and it was just time-wise was terrible but the business didn't recognize that didn't see that as important so actually that was probably one of the first things we did because it was the biggest frustration of mine Mm. um 
in the business I was looking after. You know, it's, it, it's really interesting to hear you talk about that because I think when I said about the reasons for wanting to talk to you, one of the things I've always seen, and I remember it, I remember that this kind of last February, March, when we were talking about, you know, how people's businesses were going to be impacted. It's, it, it's easy, I think, for people to look in and think, oh, you know, Will's lucky because his business was already set up like that. Or, you know, it's accidental and actually people then feel almost victimised if their business didn't kind of see it coming. But you're right, because you were saying, you know, in February when you could see what was possibly going to happen or even thinking about, well, what's an efficient way to work anyway? Yeah. You were already there. I just remember the difference in positivity and attitude that came from you, particularly in some of the network groups. um, Yeah, I think it... Where people were kind of, you know, and actually for some businesses it has been horrific. But I think there is... For some estate agents, it's been horrific. Yeah, I've I've known of lots of estate agents who just, their business went because of it. So, you know, as much as in the news at the moment, it's, yeah, the market's very good, all those sort of things. And yes, the market has been very good. There's there's lots of reasons behind that. So it's not quite the way it's reported in the press. It's it's a much bigger picture. It's it's actually a five, six-year picture with Brexit and everything going on that... There's been a lot of pent up people wanting to do stuff, and then you had a situation of people for the first time ever in our lifetime that people have had to live at home for this extended period of time. Yeah. They haven't gone anywhere, so they've lived in their houses for three months, and so of course all that pent up demand from Brexit years when nobody wanted to do anything, they've lived in the house three months and then gone okay, well, we don't need a house this size or we want a bigger one or are now going to work for it. So there's all this demand, yeah. which is what the reason why the market sh- shot forward. But stepping back, if you look at in the way you want to run a business, you can't look at what anybody else is, you know, have a look at what your competitors are doing, have a look at what yeah. other people do. But if that's driving you, oh, they haven't done so well, so that's okay. If that's your drive, stop. You know, for me, it's about what is your expectation on yourself? What can you do to be different, to drive your business forward, to, you know, I can't control what happens in government. I'm the most unpolitical person in the world. Because I can't control it. And I'm, you know, I am probably a bit of a control freak. So if I can't control something, I just ignore it. Yeah. Um, It's really, really simple. And, you know, I was taught, quite early on in my management career about controllables and uncontrollables. And if you can control something, do something about it. If it's an uncontrollable, you care about it. Of course you care about it. But if you can't do anything about it, just get it off your plate because all it's doing is annoying you. So I just will concentrate. I'm very good at concentrating on what dating I can control. That then makes life a lot easier. Mm. Hell of a lot easier because probably... Everybody, every day of their life has challenges. You know, there's loads of nasty things and we all have pressures and challenges and, you know. But if you write down what you can directly control, what you can direct is uncontrollable, even though you care about it, you probably find that only 20% of the things you've got on your annoyance list, you control. So that gets rid of 80% of your worries. So life's a lot easier all of a sudden. And if you can get your head into that space, actually it's quite good moving forward. Now... For me, hearing people moan and complain and say, oh, this has happened to me and it's not fair. Now, yes, there are industries through COVID who, you know, I've got friends in hospitality and they have, you know, been hit hard. But actually look at the ones that are diversified. Look at the ones that started doing takeaways, started thinking outside of the box just to keep things ticking over. Now, some of those businesses now are making more money than they've ever made before. Local businesses, I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because they've diversified, they've done something different, they've seen a gap in the market, they've gone for it, they haven't sat back, they've been different. And that's what I'm talking Absolutely. about. Is about, you know, life throws stuff at you all the time. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to suck it up, take a big, deep breath, count to 10, and how do I get through it? Mm. Um, because mm. no, particularly when you're self-employed, nobody's there to Absolutely catch not. you. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm lucky because Daisy and I are there together, so we can sort of bounce off each other. in many ways, it's kind of double the risk for you and Daisy. Oh, yeah. Because you think for lots of people who are self-employed, quite often there's a, you know, in a, in a kind of, you know, in a marriage or partnership, 
one of you, there's often a lot of people I talk to, and actually myself included, one of you's got a kind of a stable job that pays every month. Yes, now, very much. Now, you so. know, how stable is stable, but actually it's, they're employed. So there is that backup. But you're both kind of yeah, doing I this, think, so yeah, everything's we, in. We, at the time, um, yeah, Daisy from a very different background. She'd never been in sales and, and what have you, so she much more customer service-led. You know, she wanted to do something different. Mm. So... The safe bet would have been for Daisy Carrenworth, but actually it wasn't. You know, when you sat down, you looked and thought, no, it works better together. Yeah. I'm glad we made that decision. Yeah. Um, it was really important because it's a, a journey we're both on. Yeah. And it's a journey we can both enjoy. Yeah. Um, and, it, yeah, it's tough. Don't get me wrong. It, it, it is hard. Um, it's interesting because I think it's, it's not wasn't a, it wasn't a kind of conscious thought of mine, but I think every single one of these podcasts I do, we we come around quite a lot to talk about making decisions and choice mm. and actually choice. And we, what you talk about as well is a huge number of really conscious choices, whether that's about actions or plans or even kind of attitudes to how you see things. Yeah. And I think you're right with the kind of when you think locally about COVID, it, it's kind of living out. So you know, I live out. Some people would consider it to be the moon. It's not that far from Froome. But if you, if I wanted to order a takeaway in pre-COVID times, well, even now, people don't come to Buckingham. You know, they don't want to travel this far. Yeah. And yet, you know, we've seen, I think the other day, Nook in Froome delivered lunch. Yes, um, that's right. And I was just, ex- you know, so ecstatic at having some a fantastic product mm. delivered because they've seen that yeah, gap they've in seen the, the opportunity and to the opportunity, do different. and I think it's which raises you know I tell yeah. everybody I've just told everybody on here but it's let's yeah it is that quick. attitude isn't it um, of but let's it's about being different it. you know because it is running a business is a massive commitment yeah it's a massive risk you, yeah. you know we're all aware of the, the the stats on business failures in their first year that they run and very few businesses get to the five year point all mm. those sort of things so. It's a huge risk, particularly, yeah, for ourselves. We both had stable jobs, you yeah. know. I could have stayed where I was for the rest of my life, you know. I wasn't happy, but, you know. It did. You know, it would, on paper, yeah. you would say it was a, this, a too big a risk to take, I suppose. But actually, for me personally, I'm a better person for it. Mm. I still keep in touch with you know, people from my whole world and... Yeah, they will tell me how different I am and better, you know, and look healthier and all those sort of things. Because the, the probably the, one of the best things about being self-employed is the fact that yes, it's stressful, but it's your stress. Controllable, uncontrollable, it's on the controllable column. And stress in the world I came from, it was in the uncontrollable column yeah. because yeah. you were doing things you were told to do. They paid your wages, so you had to do them because, you know, yeah. yeah, my guys will probably say that you have to do things that they don't want to do. That's the life of being employed. Um, but actually, they all have a reason. Yeah, so everything we do has to have a reason. Yeah. Um, yeah, don't just do something because somebody else has done it before. You know, there's great stories you hear about companies who, um, there's one of an account management, and um, there was this charge I don't know, let's say it was a pound a month or whatever it was or a week and somebody coming new to the job, well, what's this charge? Oh, it's already been, it's always there. Uh, just don't, yeah, don't worry about it. it. Yeah, I've always done that. And it goes on for years. And they actually find out that somebody's been skimming, you know, because they've always just got to sign, oh, sign off. And the, there's the amount of times you find these you know, large, yeah. paying out money people who are skimming it uh, because nobody's that. But that person actually who questioned it and challenged it was right. Yes. But they were knocked down for. Yeah. It's hard. I think it's you tough. Know, it's often so it is, really hard. Yeah, to really, really tough. And it, and I suppose it's the point I'm making is is the fact that actually I like people to challenge me, mm. the team, whether it's Daisy or the team, you know, and it challenge back. And I always say, yeah, it's okay to challenge back if you're not sure or you're not. Quite often it's because you don't understand, and actually asking questions is good. Yeah. Um, and yeah, well, customers worry about. Yeah, well, that's way. it. And customers also worry about asking questions because they don't want to come across as sounding silly or something. And I always say to people, it doesn't matter what you do in life. If you're not sure in something, then you've got a question in your mind. So ask the question. Now, yeah. 
you can ask a silly question and then you talk about it and you realise that was a pretty silly question. I have a laugh and joke about it. But at the time, you didn't know the answer. So yeah. ask it. Yeah. Because you've got nothing to lose. Mm. You know, it doesn't matter. You know, you should never judge somebody on what they're not sure on. Mm. Yeah, because actually it could be that you haven't educated them properly. Mm. You know, so always look at, you know, it's always important to look at yourself first mm. you know it's you point at somebody you've got three fingers pointing back at you yeah. that's always a good one for me you know yeah. and just yeah. double take a bit of a rain check because particularly if you react yeah. quickly I, I can do always just take a little bit of a rain check mm. back which is important and, and that leads quite nicely actually to there's there are two questions that I always ask everybody who comes along uh, for a chat and that is firstly what what do you do to kind of give you structure in your kind of day or week so you know you you're very clear about you know you're very driven you're very clear about the 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 things that are important for you to have kind of for the business to run really efficiently but you you know as you say you you live and work for Mm. a small pool so how how do you give yourself structure so there's two sides i think you've got structure for your business and then you've got your own structure so Structure of the business is about managing your diary. Mm. Um, so we have some sort of set things in place. So we have a morning meeting for the whole team every single morning, every day. So everybody knows what's happened. So you can close the book on the day before and open yeah. the book on the day ahead. Yeah. Okay. Then we tend to not do the diaries are blocked out until 11 o'clock. So we can, there's a little bit of flexible, you have to be flexible, but generally we don't do any appointments before 11 because we want to make sure we've spoken to everybody we've been dealing with the day before, okay. whether they've been viewing or we've yeah. had evaluation. So, you look after the current. so we make sure that that is all looked after, fed back to the clients, so, you know, looking for the opportunities, business opportunities we'll have. Then go about your new day because you're then creating new opportunities. Yeah. Now, we are salespeople, so salespeople are generally really bad at administration and things like yeah. that. So it's very important then to make sure that the process is in place to make that easy, the administration, which we have, it's quite automated, but also then making sure that you have the diary ruled out at certain times. There. So at the moment where obviously we're having to be a bit careful with working practices and mm. so we do have members of the team working remotely and things, so we make sure that we have a training session at lunchtime now so the guys will pick a topic um, and then we run a training session on that topic. Um, and then we have a tea break in the afternoon, oh. which is no work. Yeah, it's yeah. a laugh and a joke. And the estate yeah. agency is um, built on banter. You've you got to remember when you're selling, most of what you do is, is negative. So most of it is I don't want to buy that house or I don't want this and I don't want that. So, you know, there's more negative than there is positive because yeah. not everybody says yes to what you want. So it's when you're all working together, that's fine to somebody's had a tough call or whatever you talk about it quickly as a team but working remotely that's something yeah. new because you sat at home you can't do that no you know you so haven't you got somebody yeah it's actually yeah, so actually, it, yeah. and that's something we've had to sort of yeah. develop a little bit how to deal with that so it's just important that that can be dealt with so the structure those sort of day-to-day structures making sure everybody knows you know how long each appointment should last all that sort of stuff is important so Structure for your day is very key, making sure that all the processes are in the business place. Then you have the business, as in Daisy, myself, I suppose. Me as an individual, I'm probably naturally disorganised. So um, this is where Daisy's probably really helped me a lot in in structuring my day. So I'm a much better planner um, for the business. Because not only I've got Mm. my sales work to do, if you like, um, but actually... Also got my business owner work to do, Absolutely. which is, you know, all the stuff that goes on in the background yeah. that nobody realised yeah. you know, it takes hours to do. So um, I've got that as well. And also making sure you've got the right team around you. So it's yeah. really important to surround yourself with really good, you know, very good accountant, good business coaches, good, you know, just good lawyers and all the things you need, HR people, everybody, you know, experts in their yeah. field because you're not going to know it all. Yeah. You understand it, but actually rely on experts. And you know, talk to people who are experts in their field. And it's amazing how um, many other business owners and small business owners will help you as well. And yeah. don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Um, because actually, I 
I love nothing better than helping people, you know, as other business owners and things that yeah. I'm always talking to. And surround yourself with good people. So I've got a friend of mine who looks after 15 offices for a company down in Brighton Way. We've been speaking on the phone, uh, used to be every Thursday morning at half seven. Now, because of other commitments I have with networking and stuff, it's every other morning, uh, every other week on a Thursday at half seven, we have a call for 20 minutes. And at 10 to 8, he goes and gets his coffee. Yeah. And we've been doing that for, well, since 2006. Mm. And we still do it now. Don't work. And I've got another good friend of mine who I, who's got a couple of um, stage offices down in, in Devon. And we talk probably every two weeks. So we're challenging each other about our business. Yeah. We're quite open about our business. Yeah. And we challenge each other. So it's important to have some good to people. Keep you, you know, keep you Yeah, just keep you on check. Yeah. Just make sure you're not going off track. Mm. Um, and we're probably very different in the way we approach our businesses. That's all though, successful, it? but it's important because yeah. you're learning yeah. off each other all yeah. the time and yeah. you're willing to be different. Yeah. So it's, it's a balance yeah. between the two, but um, good diary planner from, from as a salesperson who just wants to get on to do the, the next thing. Yeah, the next thing, thing and, and actually it, forget about it. Yeah. I have to write everything down and, and, and knock it on my list. And on the kind of flip side of that, or I guess it goes with it, and actually we've talked about some of this before as well, is... How do you create that balance in your life? So there is no doubt, given what you've talked about in, in this in this chat, about how how driven you are and how important the structure of the business is, how important the people are that work in your business. What about you um, personally? How do you create some balance? So work-life life? is it's difficult. I... I think part of the problem I've always had is the fact that I've never felt like I've had a job. Okay. So right from, you know, starting in horse racing, then into farming, then into a state agency, I've loved what I've done. So I love work. That's a whole other podcast, isn't that's, it? That's, that's, that's a different, yeah. <laughs> we won't get that today. Um, it's an interesting race. However, so I've always loved what I've done. So I've always, yeah. I've never felt like I've gone to work. So it's who I am. That's really important to me. Yeah, if you enjoy what you're doing, it doesn't, and I say this to my, my kids, I'm very proud of, you know, as long as you're happy and enjoying what you're doing, that's, 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 that's success Yeah. in itself. It doesn't matter what it is. Yeah. If you're happy and enjoying it, then keep doing it. If you're going out to, and you're not enjoying it, then it's just awful it for yourself. So I've been very, very lucky that I've always enjoyed and loved it. So it is difficult the early years, you know, we were, yeah. you know, as the team grew and we had more staff, then obviously we could start taking a bit of time out. It's very important to, so we do diarise, and we do this for the team, so it's the same for the team as it is with Daisy and myself, that we, we make sure we have long weekends, you know, three-day weekends every month for everybody, and just make sure the things in the diary. A little bit more challenging with lockdown, but Daisy and I would make sure, you, you know, date nights and things like that. We just make sure we were doing that on a regular basis. A bit more challenging yeah, in the last year. That. Yeah, date night is yeah <laughs> me, me cooking. Um, so just making sure you, you do put time in for each other, uh, making sure that you know you work hard, uh. but you should also play harder. Yeah, you know, so there's a reason why you work hard. It should enable you to play harder, and so that's the way. Yeah. Uh, you know, I try and live my life, if I'm honest. Yeah. We're getting too many of those stories, Jane, but it's, yeah. You should, yeah, you should, um, yeah, for me, where I came from, they expected you to work 24 hours a day for them, yeah. you know, and, and yeah. for nothing. Yeah, it was just silly. And actually, you then had no life because you mm-hmm. time you got home, you were knackered. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, my typical day is, you know, I leave for work, um, I want to be in the office for around 10 to 8, 8 o'clock, and I'll tend to leave half, six, seven. So I work quite a long yeah. day Pretty long anyway. Um, so it's very important that when I get home, um, yes, I'll be on call, so I have to deal with that. But, you know, the other guys are on call as well, so it's shared out. Uh, but make sure I get home. I love to cook. Um, so that's probably my release, yeah. if you like. Um, and then sitting down at the dining room table is a big one for me. We've been out our dining room table for the last two months because we're doing out the house and we got it back last night and it was just the best sitting down to yeah. serve us for dinner properly at the table no distractions yeah time for each other yeah. so important yeah simple well that sounds like a good point to stop on so we'll thank you so much 
for your time today. I really well, it's been a pleasure to speak to you as always. Thank you again to Will for joining me today and for sharing your story with us. One of the main things that uh, has come through from the conversation uh, today has been the interest that Will has in the way that people live their lives today, uh, their house moving and purchasing habits um, and the needs that arise through this shift um, and the way that Forest Marble has really innovated to be able to meet these changes. And the work that they've done has led to the national recognition that they've received year on year. Uh, We heard Will talk about the balance between maximising technological innovation, but also really focusing on the efficiency of the business. So not actually innovating for the sake of innovating. What comes through hugely as well is being able to apply this by really caring about the people that are their customers. From a leadership and personal perspective, one of the things that struck me was Will's description of how he focuses on what he can actually control. Um, I mentioned at the beginning, one of the things that appealed to me in getting Will to come along and talk uh, on the podcast has been that uh, unrelenting positivity that um, I've seen through the years uh, with Will. And I think when Stephen Covey in his book um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People talks about circles of influence for me it's been really interesting to hear that concept put into practice every day um, by Will Um, we've heard about the Uh, really a practical creation of uh, of positivity so it's not just about attitude what will describe to us today was that tangible process of writing down the things that he can control and also writing down the things he can't and then being really clear about his focus on that first column so if you take one action away from this conversation today um, i'd urge you to make two uh, columns of your own Uh, The first being the things that you can control um, in your life and in your business and the things that you can't. And then really focus on and take responsibility to work on the things in that first column. So thank you very much uh, for joining me today and for listening to my conversation with Will. If you'd like to hear more conversations like this, uh, then please subscribe. Thank you very much.